Welcome to the Confessions of a Practicing Christian podcast with yours truly, Erin Bernice, where I give godly counsel on all things success, life, and wellness. You already know it's about to be a dope show, but before we get into things, allow me to give you some wellness tips by introducing you to some natural remedies. So today's natural remedies is rosemary. When you think about rosemary, the first thing I think about is cooking, but no, rosemary has a bunch of great benefits, y'all. So some of those benefits include rosemary is a rich source of antioxidants, and it also has a lot of anti-inflammatory compounds, which are thought to help boost the immune and improve blood circulation. Rosemary is also considered a cognitive stimulant and can help improve memory performance and quality. Y'all know we get old, so yeah, you definitely need that there. (laughs) It's also known to boost alertness, intelligence, and focus. You know, rosemary is also used in aromatherapy. It improves mood, clearing the mind, and it relieves stress. It also helps chronic anxiety and also helps with the stress hormone imbalances. Also, if you guys are having, you know, hair issues where, you know, you may be going bald for a bunch of different reasons, but the oil of rosemary has been known to promote hair growth and prevent baldness. It also treats dandruff and dry scalp. Rosemary is often used for digestion problems as well, including heartburn, intestinal gas, liver and gallbladder complaints, and it also helps loss of appetite. Rosemary is powerful against many bacterial infections. It's also linked to preventing staph infections. So, y'all, it's all around just great benefits, y'all. So, go check that out. Rosemary is not only good for cooking, but it's also good for many health benefits. So y'all go pick that up. All right, so let's get into the show, y'all. Woke up today, feeling great. No worries, today is a new day. Even with the lot on my plate. Man, I have it all, but I always have faith. So we gon' keep it real, we gon' keep it true. And still praise God with a new groove. Come together and push through. It's amazing what prayer can do, cause sometimes it's hard to see the blessings right in front of me. Follow the light and now I see God has been so good to me. Your words, they still haven't let me down All good cause we living better now So today's topic is so relevant And I feel like, bruh, it needs to be had Like, this conversation is definitely a must So I can't, I I definitely like I couldn't wait to bring it to you guys Because, whew Y'all already know being single and on the dating scene is kind of hectic. And I, with firsthand experience, like, oh, God, it's crazy out here. So actually talking about this, hey, it, it, it's pretty much relevant to everybody, but it kind of hits home a little bit. So y'all, when it comes to godly dating, it can be a bit overwhelming at times. In church, you know, we you, you usually talk like he that finds a wife finds a good thing and that is very true. So I've been single and waiting for a while now. And I, I used to be like, now, nah, God, I know you said he who finds a wife, but, you know, you already said, too, that, like, it's not good for a man to be alone. So, you know, God, you know, if you could, could you um, kind of hurry up with my husband? <laughs> but you and I both know the um, Bible said he who finds a wife that he isn't going to just pop up. And I definitely am preparing in this season. And so with that being said, 
in order to meet the right man, you have to date. And see, that's where the problem lies. Ooh. It's filtering through all the craziness. But the comfort I take is knowing that God is not the author of confusion. That's how I'm able to kind of sift through all the craziness out here. Because I'm like, I, at the first sign of confusion, I'd be like, uh-uh, God is not the author of confusion. And I'm quick to check what Scott did. Like, God, I already know what you said about this. And that's my comfort. I'm, you know, I'm not easily shaken. Although this dating scene is kind of hectic. Hey, I already know what you got. Well, I already know what you said about me. I already know what you said in your word about the guy that, you know, that are my potential candidates. So, you know, I'm not easily fooled. So that's my comfort in God. But with that in mind, I can say dating has helped me to understand a lot about myself. You know, it's helped me to understand who I am in God and also what God says about my life. So here's where it gets interesting, y'all. In life, no matter the area relationship, life, love, career, no matter what, there's a lesson to be learned. And this is how God develops our character. You know, I said earlier, you wait and while you wait, God is developing you. So yeah, here goes. God develops your character and he allows you to go through things to experience his power. And that's the part that kind of, you be like, now, all right, God, I want everything you got for me, but I don't want to go through the suffering. You know, that's kind of me like, all right, God, I want what you got for me, but I don't want to go through the suffering. And God like, no, you know, the suffering is for your good because Otherwise, you may fumble the bag, literally. Like they say, experience is the best teacher. And that's it. You have to go through things to appreciate the good. So with that being said, when you begin to understand God's will for your life, you tap into your higher self because you start to see yourself as God see you. And you start to understand what God's word says about the people around you. It helps you separate the weak and the obsolete. So now, with that being said, y'all, that leads me to point one. Knowing yourself, self-validation. I think this is so important as it relates to dating, knowing yourself. So as it relates to knowing yourself, God put on my heart the scripture, Proverbs 3, 13 through 18, which says, blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare to her. Long life is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold fast to her will be blessed. Y'all, to know that about yourself and to know that in God, that's what he say about you. Hey, that validation from God is everything. And so having a relationship with God builds your self-esteem because you know what he said. And I will say in most of the situationships and entanglements that we involve ourselves in comes from low self-esteem and not understanding our self-worth. I think that's so important to know because we wouldn't be in so many crazy situations or just question ourselves, how did I get here? Or how did I get to this point as it relates to these crazy relationships that I involve myself in? So when situationships fall apart or go little, oftentimes we tend to question ourselves. And, you know, we have thoughts like we're not good enough or we're not pretty enough. When since you were the total package all along at the wrong address. 
So knowing who you are prevents you from being at the wrong address. Understanding your worth in God allows you to cut conversations short that are not leading you to God first. And you you need to understand that. Listen, when you meet somebody off top, you discussing the goals, morals, God, relationship, life, religion, all that. If that person ain't talking about God, get, get gone. You already know off top. Self-validation is everything. So in understanding God, he allows you to cut those conversations short, as said before, that are not leading you to God. The first thing we do when me people, when you discuss your beliefs and goals, this is the first indication of whether or not you want to continue entertaining a person. If their thoughts don't line up with who God said you are, then you quickly cut communication without attachment because you know pointless conversation leads to self-sabotage. So you self-sabotage anytime you lower your standards. Sis, you off top know to cut communications and don't look back if they don't line up with godly standards. Your first encounter be a conversation. Your first encounter should complement the God in you, knowing this will save you some heartbreak and sleepless nights. All right, let's get back to self-sabotage and lowering your standards. I think it's a disservice to yourself as a woman of substance to lower your standards. You be like, okay, you know, maybe this person can meet me here because I know when I meet people, they ain't going all the time have together. This is very true. But you also know that standards are a way of creating boundaries. Once you start to know yourself in God, you automatically know off top to set boundaries and avoid triggers. Boundaries are a fundamental element in knowing yourself because if you don't know yourself and you ain't setting up those boundaries, people will definitely, they have no limit in running over you, taking advantage of you. Knowing who you are allows you to cut conversations quickly that do not complement who you are in God. And setting boundaries are clear guidelines based off what God has allowed you to learn about yourself. This sets the standard of what you will and will not accept. And you need that. It's your love language. Since I don't care how long it takes to find a man who understands your love language, don't settle. God is developing your character as well as testing you. So when he sends you the right man, he will know just how to handle you and you will know how you want to be handled. Knowing how you want to be handled is an essential part of a relationship. If you are or have dated someone who didn't understand your love language, then you know how dissatisfying it is. And it probably didn't end well. This reminds me of the whole 50-50 rule everybody is discussing nowadays. And you know that social media has when it comes to standards and you know how you want your spouse to take care of you or how they should provide for you. As it relates to social media standards, you know, knowing yourself allows you to not get caught up in the hype of the haves and the have nots. Because from the beginning, you set standards and sifted through the men and women who are caught up in what others think or believe according to social media. Your love language allows you to receive love without condition. I can only love you if you make this much or you look like this, you know, et cetera. It keeps you from being vain because you already set the bar and you know what you will and will not settle for. So you ain't worried about social media standards or you don't get caught up in the hype of you supposed to be doing this and doing it according to social media standards. Knowing yourself will help you avoid disconnect in the relationship. So many people get caught up in life and love. They lose themselves. Losing yourself leads to toxic behavior. This is why most people 
look to celebrities in celebrity relationships to validate their own relationships or spouse. The word specifically states that your relationship should be an imitation of your relationship with God. And this is my next point. A man or woman can only love you as much as they love God. This is why it's important to know thyself in God so you can set the standard for a healthy relationship. I can't say that enough. It's important to know thyself in God so you can set the standard for a healthy relationship. In my experiences, I've encountered many men and women who don't know themselves. They tend to display it through selfish actions and being toxic, their thinking, their behavior They don't heal properly and bring toxic thinking and behavior right on to the next relationship. For example, a clear indication of a man or woman not knowing themselves is self-projection. I know an all-time favorite toxic line is, so you gonna leave me like everybody else did or I ain't never had nobody. I always had to get it on my own. I don't need nobody. Toxic says run. First and foremost, God said it's not good for men to be alone and gave Adam Eve in which he took her from his rib and indicated that women stand beside their man as his support. A real man and woman knows how important it is to have a help me and off top are looking for those qualities. So they'll never say they don't need nobody, nor would they put themselves in a predicament to lose you from jump. Which leads me to my next point. In the words of the streets, real recognize real. And what I mean by this, you can tell if a man or woman is walking like they talking, by the fruit of their spirit. I cannot stress this enough. You ain't even got to guess. If their thoughts don't line up with godly action, sis, it's a red flag. When dating, it's important to be equally yoked on one accord. It's already a struggle with your flesh to not revert back to your sin for nature, especially every day you are in a world that glorifies the flesh. When you walk by the spirit, you move different and you also think and act different. So when you come across a man or a woman who isn't on the same page, you can tell. Now you can choose to ignore the red flags. But as I said, real recognize real. Save yourself the heartbreak, sis. A person has to desire a relationship with God themselves or it's going to drain you spiritually, mentally, and physically. The devil is going to drag you down through that good sis. Take it from me. Now more than ever, I understand why God didn't want his people to to date outside their tribes. It's self-sabotage. He knew it would corrupt their character. When we look at stories like King Solomon, who loved foreign women, and God specifically said, don't intermarry with them because they will surely turn your hearts after their gods. These same wives looking back at that story, they turned his faith and they turned his heart against God and God wasn't pleased. His wives caused his heart to turn after other gods. They had him doing stuff he know he wasn't supposed to be doing in God. His heart wasn't fully devoted to God because of this. And he's seen God firsthand and actually experienced God. He was really blessed by God. With that being said, that just goes to show how important it is to have godly company. So his heart wasn't fully devoted to God. And he started to do the same thing as some of his wives, like burning incense and offering sacrifices to other gods. This caused God to take his hand off him and tear the kingdom from him. Not only did his actions affect him, but it affected the generation after him. So y'all, I think that's important to stress and something to think about whenever you walking outside of the will of God as it concerns godly dating. It not only affects you, it affects the generation after you. That means your children and your children's children. So think about that. You're not dating for you. You dating for your children and your children's children. Now back to the story. Not only did his actions affect him, but it affected the generation after him. But God said he wouldn't tear the kingdom from him. He tore 
more from Solomon's son. And that was after his lifetime. Again, our actions affect more than just us. That's why when we date, it's important to get someone who can break generational curses with you. Yo, if he or she isn't on the same type of time you're on when it comes to loving God, then it's a setup, sis. Don't even do it to yourself. That being said, some of those heartbreaks that I had, I know could have been avoided. And I'm telling you, hey, avoid these heartbreaks, sis. I could have saved myself so many disappointments if I would not have entertained ungodly company. A person has to desire God for themselves. And when you come together as one, you build from that foundation. Speaking of foundation, it's important to start off dating from a godly foundation. If you start the relationship with cracks in your foundation, chances are the house is going to crumble. What I mean by this is, if you want a godly relationship, then you need to start with a godly foundation because the same flaws you choose to ignore in the beginning, those cracks in the foundation, is the same cracks that will destroy your relationship later. Especially if you're considering marriage, if you were cheating or whatever situation or crack in your foundation, that same thing will become a problem later. You have to contain it before it goes there for, or you have to cut it off. Whatever flaws you had before marriage, if they aren't checked by God, they will only be magnified. When God sees you building a godly foundation, he will strengthen that structure and solidify. And I don't know about y'all, but I want a strong lasting foundation. I want a strong lasting marriage. That's the end goal, to have a best friend and a life partner with God as the head of the house. So y'all, please, please build on a solid foundation when it comes to godly dating. Know what you want in God. I would say a good way of doing this is actually spending time with God. Ask God to show you, God, help me see me like you see me. Now back to dating. Y'all, potential. Let's talk about potential. Potential is deadly. When dating godly, it's important to understand that potential is so deadly. It has been my experience that you should date a person who is on the same spiritual level as you. Now this may not be the case all the time. I will say that, but I'm going to say, let God lead you. And if that's the case, you know, you walking by the sphere, he will lead you. But for the most part, I'm saying, date a person who is on the same type of time you on. As a woman of God, I love a praying man. Not just a praying man, a man who is in tune with God. But not everyone is on the same level when it comes to a relationship with God. In God, you understand that you are forever growing. We may not be on the same page. And the things that God let you get by with as a baby saint may not be the same things that God let me get by with. So that's why I always say it's important to get a person who's on the same level with you or ask God for patience to be able to build off a relationship where they may or may not know God as much as you again. You know, that's between you and God. To know God and have a relationship with him is two totally different things. Now, having this in mind, on the days you don't feel like praising God, you need someone to cover you, to encourage you in God, to remind you of God's promises and what he said about you and your life and everything that concerns you. So it's just something about a man who has a relationship with God and who understands this. He understood the assignment. <laughs> it's important to have a teammate. And if he's not a teammate, he's in is an opponent or op, as we say. That's why when two people come together, they form a team against the enemy. The word even says, when two or more are gathered together in my name, I'm in the midst. And if you are a Christian that's dating, you need to understand that if your spouse is not your teammate, again, they the op. Because when the devil can't get you, he's sure to try to use those around you. And the worst war is battling with somebody who's supposed to be your teammate, your spouse, who knows you better but them. So, 
for the devil to be able to use them and they your teammate, it will mentally break you down. And you don't want that sis long word. You don't want nobody who's breaking you down mentally because on your worst days, that is the person that will lift you up in God, who prays over you, who asks God to cover you from the ways of the enemy or things that the enemy is setting up. You want someone to recognize the attacks of the enemy and cover you, as, as I said before, so you're able to prevent attacks. And so that that's the same thing for you. Not only do you want that for them, you want that for yourself because it'll be days in the relationship where things won't go according to how you think. That's the biggest relationship killer, expectation. Expectations in relationship. A lot of us put expectation on people and our hope in people when our hope should be in God. Putting your hope in God allows you to directly address expectations because you know a person isn't perfect. Now, I don't know about y'all, that in itself makes my heart smile because man, it's a different level of intimacy to have a man pray for you and over you. It's good to have a man who feeds your spiritual appetite, y'all. As I always say, a man can only love you as much as he loves God. In a relationship, there will be things that challenge your union. It's easy to say, I give up or you step out on your significant other. But on the days you're questioning your relationship are the days that you will need God the most. And you need somebody who understands that. You need somebody who's covering you. You need someone who the enemy can't get to. And most importantly, the God factor in your relationship will keep you from making feelings based off emotion. So as mentioned before, it's a different level of intimacy to have a man that prays for you and over you instead of, you know, running out. They asking God to help them love you better in tough situations because when it comes to emotions, I remember my grandma saying, don't make decisions when you're angry or don't do things when you're angry because when you're in your feelings, you don't rationalize well. And so as it relates to your partner, If they're walking by the spirit, they rationalize emotions differently. That makes me think about the question, which I hear often, and they ask, why this generation doesn't value marriage? It's my opinion that this generation has moved further away from God. So now the devil can come and wreak havoc and there's no one to check him. The spirit of God can raise up a standard against the enemy. With this being said, this generation is fleshly led and the flesh is led by emotions. And emotions are often ever changing because they are based on worldly perspectives. And we know that the word says, do not love the world or anything in the world for things of the world are the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Literally, everything that feeds your fleshly appetite, you need someone who feeds not only your spiritual appetite, but theirs with the word of God. So they're not emotionally driven. So you can stay together through God and in God. Now, that in itself literally brings a whole new meaning to the scripture that states, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Bruh, you got to know God is a mastermind when it comes to that word. I'm telling you, he crafty now, I'm telling you. But anyway, lastly, sis, soul ties are so real. And you don't want to keep running into the same type of man When you lay with someone, the spiritual transfer is real and you drag that spirit from person to person. Now you keep wondering like why you keep running in the same type of person, the same situations. And oftentimes these spirits just get stronger and stronger. So word to the wise sis, relinquish those soul ties and get you someone that feeds your spiritual appetite. Once you do sis, your life will change in every way. So in wrapping things up, y'all, I want to leave you with these thoughts. When you are a follower of Christ, you have to move differently when day. Understand that not everyone deserves to experience your anointing. You have to understand that you are an acquired taste. 
So when you think about venturing outside the will of God as it concerns dating, you know that you're going to end up disappointed if it's not of God. Because if that man or woman can't love God, then how they going to love you? How they going to love you properly anyway? Not understanding who you are and the anointing on your life will cause you to believe the words of man. That's another thing in itself. You allow words and things to bring you down and you often start to believe. When you're in a toxic relationship, you start to believe those things. That person is literally heaping on you. The Bible says the tongue is powerful. You start to believe them when they tell you you're not this or you can't do that or nobody's gonna love you like this because you're not a certain type of way. Not understanding who you are and the anointing on your life will cause you to believe these words. Understand your worth, sis. Don't self-sabotage yourself and feed your flesh. And I will say, secondly, understand that in order to be real, you have to be real with yourself. If a person isn't of the kingdom or isn't trying to know God, like you trying to get to know God, they will only corrupt your character. And you already know it's easy to go back to things of the world. You'll find yourself doing things that you know are not of God. And it always leads to you getting out of the will of God. Don't know, don't let anyone take you out of the will of God because that's the devil literally robbing you of your peace. Don't let him trick you out your peace like that. Move smart. Finally, y'all, understand that potential is deadly in the kingdom of God. If your partner isn't willing to be led, by the spirit of God, then they can't properly lead you. Know that your relationship with God will set the tone of every other relationship in your life. Okay, sis. So before I end this episode, I want to leave you with some prayer recommendations for your future, Mr. Right. You already know I'm a solution-oriented person and I'm going to always come with the actual factuals. Okay, ladies. So when you're praying for your future husband, pray that he comes ready with an assignment. Pray that he loves God with all his heart. Pray he is self-disciplined and physically faithful. Pray that he's emotionally available. Pray that he takes care of his body and that he's healthy and that he is a protector and a provider from God and through God. Pray that he's financially stable. Pray that he is reliable and kind. Pray that he favors you to the extent he never wants to lose you. And most importantly, pray that he's an Ephesians 5 man. If you don't know what that is, go look that up. Ephesians 5, 21 through 33. That's a point of reference. Y'all, that's it for me today. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to hit the follow button for the Confessions of a Practicing Christian podcast to get your weekly dose of godly counsel on all things success, life, and wellness. Also follow me on Instagram at C-O-A-P-C underscore pod and also on Facebook at Confessions of a Practicing Christian. Chime in and let me know your thoughts on this week's episode. Love you and God, babe.